Hey everyone, before we jump into this week's episode, I want to let you know about a really cool tool I've been using. It's called Anchor, and it helps me record, edit, and upload all of my podcasts. Most of all, it's free, guys, which is pretty cool. The other cool thing is it has uh, background music built in. It automatically uploads to Spotify and Apple. And it does all of the things that you need to make an amazing podcast for you. And so uh, I encourage you to download it. Go check out uh, Anchor at the App Store and go to anchor.fm to get started. What's up, everybody? And thank you so much for joining me on Deep and Wide Podcast. This week it's going to be um, a little bit different. I'm actually shooting a video while I record this podcast. Um, I've been in a series talking about God is in the podcast, but I'm going to pause that. And um, I'm basically going to go on a small rant um, and tell you church, uh, global church, that you need to die um, and what I mean by that is you need to die to self. And uh, I, I've preached over the last few months a couple of different places. And one of the reoccurring messages uh, that the Lord has been reminding me in my own heart, and I believe that he wants to communicate to the body of Christ, is this message of what the church is going to look like in the last days, uh, what the church is called to be, um, and then areas in the church that we're missing it, and um, and I really think that the church is missing a lot of things right now. I'm talking about the global church, but you know I kind of usually lean into the American church. Um, there's many things that the church does right. Listen, God um, loves the body because it's the body of His Son Jesus Christ, right? So it's the living organism and the bride of the head that is Jesus. But the problem is the body is full of humans, um, and we humans often miss it. So uh, if you're new to the podcast, it's deep and wide. I'm Pat Walter. I'm your host. And basically, unlike usual, I'm going to go on a rant today. And part of that is I want to communicate some things about the church that is healthy and some things that are not healthy. And I think there's many things that I'm... I'm really struggling with. So uh, you can join me or not on this journey or just connect with me next week when I do another episode of God is in our series about kind of who is God. So uh, church, talking to you here. Uh, Sorry, getting the headphones comfortable. Uh, We, as the body of Christ, are called to do many things. But most importantly, church, we are called and designed to love each other. Easy, right? Every church, uh, for the most part, has a slogan that starts with love God, love people, fill in the blank, right? Like that's just the way it is. Most churches get that. Hey, we're called to love God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our mind, all of our strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. And then whatever is the next piece to their mantra of who they are that identifies them as a local organism, uh, they tag that as the, usually the third one. Uh, but we kind of all get it, right? If you're not even super new to Christianity, love God, love people. The truth is, though, we're not really good at loving each other. We're not. We're not even, not only are we not good at loving each other, we're not good at loving uh, non-believers. But here's the crazy part, is we're supposed to love each other more than we love non-believers. Like, Seriously, over and over in scripture, 
many, many times in the New Testament. The majority of the Ten Commandments are basically not, like, outside of commandment number one, about loving God with all your heart, all the rest basically are about not hurting, offending, stealing, taking, uh, coveting things from our neighbor, right? And so there's just this idea that we are supposed to love each other. But what happens is, uh, I'm not going to even say that, hey, because here's the thing, most Christians probably won't be like, I don't love people, you know, um, I I just really want to be alone with Jesus, even though that's not scriptural, unless it's like a time of prayer. Um, But most will be like, yeah, yeah, I feel feel like I love people. I totally love people. Um, But but here's what I want to do instead of just kind of completely going on a rant. I have some notes over here. So if I look down, that's what I'm doing. I have some scriptures. Um, Obviously, I I hope that uh, we receive scripture well. And then I kind of want to wrap something up with what I believe is kind of what we're called to in this season. Listen, this season is unlike any season um, in my life. I'm going to talk from my life. Uh, I'm 36 and a half years old-ish, um, and, and I've never seen anything close to what I'm experiencing in my life right now through COVID, through you know riots, through uh, Black Lives Matter, political charge systems, the church in a sense being shut down in America. Uh, like there's just so much going on. And again, there's so much more that we can go into, but I don't, because I don't care about all that and then so like we're, we're in this politically relationally physically charged atmosphere in america and the church has opportunity to be the church or has opportunity to push away from the church okay i'm just going to start um with this concept um of of love right uh in the book of john chapter 13, it says, uh, the world will know you are my disciples by your love one for another. Easy one, right? Uh, most people know that one. Um, at the organization I work for, Casa de Luz in, in Las Vegas, uh, that's on our t-shirts. You know, uh, everybody, the, the world, not the church, the world will know who he is, who God is by the way that I love my brothers and my sisters in the faith. Um, but part of the things that we do is we redefine words and we change what they mean. So we take the word like love and love is acceptance. Love is this relational, emotional feeling that I get with somebody. Love is, and you can fill in the blank to what love is. Um, you know, many will jump to, to, to 1 Corinthians 13. If you're a believer, love is patient, love is kind. And again, we go into these things. But the essence of, in 1 John, it says, love is this, that uh, I'll lay down my life for my brother. I'm going to lay down my life for my brother. So my brother or my sister is somebody or anybody that is in the same belief system as me. So if I am in the body of Christ, I don't care if you're Baptist, Pentecostal, Nandanam, Calvary, Lutheran, like none of that even matters to the Lord. It's not like the Lord's up there saying, oh, man, I really wish so-and-so would just find the right denomination. No, like we're, we're called to love each other despite uh, theological denominational differences. Like, listen, if they're heretical and they're denying the deity of Christ or something, okay, well, then don't associate with them. I get that. But but if your difference is like some little theological aspect, well, get over yourself. Love them anyway. Die to yourself, okay? Uh, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 1, it says, I, therefore, prisoner of the Lord, 
urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and in the bond of peace. Eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Another translation says we're going to fight for unity and the bond of peace. Okay, uh, so we are going to interact with humility, gentleness, patience, bearing with, and I like to make a joke. Some translations say it's putting up with one another. So listen, sometimes we just got to put up with believers. It's got to put up with them. We're not mean to them. We just got to put up with them, right? Uh, <laughs> we have family members, right? Like in our distant family, obviously never immediate family, but our family members that we just got to put up with, right? Like that's just the way it is. Um, I think there's somewhere in scripture that has this parenthesis of you have to agree on everything to be unified. Oh, that's not in there? Oh, my bad. Uh, we interject that one is that we have to be in complete agreement uh, in order to be loved. But that but that's not true. Um, I, I was preaching at a friend's church on Sunday and, and I had and I've been saying this analogy. Listen, uh, I love my wife. I love my wife with all of my heart. She is one of the best gifts God has ever given me. But even in my marriage, 13 years, we celebrated this last week. We don't agree on everything. We don't. There's probably lots of things that we don't agree on, but the truth is that doesn't matter to us. It just doesn't matter because our love, our commitment, um, our laying down of our own lives to one another is is, is a, a greater than the idea of either being um, right, usually, um, and it's also greater than oh, you don't. We don't agree. I guess we can't be married. Like, it just doesn't work that way. Like, listen, I have family members, love with my whole heart, They're family, don't agree on everything, doesn't change my love for them. But somehow what we've done is if you don't agree with me politically, if you don't agree with me socioeconomically, if you don't agree me with, with these different things right now, if you don't agree with me with COVID, if you don't agree with me on wearing masks, not wearing masks, listen, we will find something to not agree with and be like, oh, and then what we do is we shame and attack them and we discount them. Well, if you don't wear a mask, you're an idiot. If you do wear a mask, you're an idiot. If you vote for Trump, you are this. If you vote for, it's not Bernie, who is it? Biden. If you are Biden, you're this. And we start name calling, slandering the body of Christ, dividing the body of Christ, all in the name of being right rather than righteous. All in the name of being, hey, we don't agree. I can. I have literally seen people on Facebook say, oh, well, you don't. You voted for for Trump. We are no longer friends. Or you did a post about uh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, well, you know what? Not only do all lives matter, but we're gonna unfriend. Oh, you have anti-American views. You know what? We're not gonna be friends either. Oh, you have this opinion. I'm gonna unfriend you. Listen, that is the opposite, opposite of the kingdom of God. With all humility and gentleness and patience, bearing with one another, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. Listen, and that's just one of many, many scriptures. One of many. Listen, the very next verse, there is one body, one spirit, just as you are called to the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Listen, one God one body. Not a body who believes in this political party. I, I, I know this is mind-boggling, but there is no political party that will save you. 
There is no political party that's going to save America. Listen, if America's destined to fall, it will fall. There is every major power in the history of humanity has always fallen and bowed the knee to Christ. I love my country. I served in the military. Family serves in the military. But this country is not my idol. Not my idol. And one day, this country will be gone. I'm going to cherish it. I'm going to thank God for the freedom that I have, that I'm not in other countries. Uh, But the truth is, I'm not bowing to it. I bow to the King of Kings, and I bow to the Lord of Lords. And I'm not going to divide God's body based on the things I like or don't like. Church, we need to die to self. Okay, I'm going to scoot down a little bit in the book of Ephesians chapter 4. It says uh, right here, until we attain to the unity of the body or attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. Church, we need to mature and grow up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ so that we are no longer like children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together in every joint which is equipped. And when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Listen, Oh my gosh, church, I pray that we get this. Church, this is our opportunity, okay? We can't be tossed to and fro by everything that is said in the world and even sometimes in the church. Scripture is the foundation, okay? But listen, speaking the truth in love isn't telling somebody what you think is a hard truth in love to get them to understand that you're right. That's not speaking the truth in love. What we do is we skip the very next verse. Oh, I'm just speaking the truth in love. Listen, speaking the truth in love comma, we are to grow up into every way into him. Speaking the truth in love is to grow up into the head that is Christ, from whom the body, us, is joined and held together. And then listen at the last part, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Listen, this is a growth strategy, not growing our buildings, but this is growing the body of Christ. When we speak the truth and love for building up Christ, edifying him and one another, not tearing each other down in truth. And then this is how we grow. And it says that we are equipped, working properly. When we're in unity, serving each other, making Christ head, not our opinions, political systems, and all those things. Listen, there's this beauty of the body of Christ. But the problem is, and I'm going to try to shorten this up for a little bit, is in the last days, the church is going to have a false church. It's just true. Like, listen, if you, if we, let me scoot down. Look at the book of 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 9. I'm going to read this. Go on a little bit longer rant, and then I'm going to read something else and hopefully be done. Okay. But understand this, that in the last days, I think we're getting closer, there will come times of difficulty, not easiness, not prosperity, not my best life now, difficulty. For people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy heartless, unappeasable. We can't even be appeased. Slanderous, without self-control. Brutal, not loving good. Good according to God, not our definition of good. Just saying. Treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. 
and having the appearance of godliness. This is, I have this underlined. Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Avoid such people. Listen, if there is these attributes, we're called to avoid them. Scripture says, hey, if you see this, avoid this. But I, I want to get to this point. For among them are those who creep into households and capture weak women, burdened with sins, led astray by various passions, always learning and never able to arrive at the knowledge of truth. Listen, there are some dudes in the church that, that just don't need to be there because they're just preying on weak women is what it says right here. Just as Janus and Jambres opposed Moses, so these men also oppose the truth. Men corrupted in mind and disqualified according to the faith. But they will not get very far, for their folly will be plain to all, as was to those two men. So here's the thing I want to point about this this passage is this is talking about people who claim to be believers. Do you get that? Having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. The appearance of godliness, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. It doesn't, it's not talking about the world. The last days, people will be, and is talking about the body. This is Timothy giving, uh, or sorry, uh, Paul giving Timothy a warning of what's to come, right? He's like, hey, in the last days, this is this is what we're going to see. And guys, this is kind of like what we're seeing. If you just scroll down social media pages, are you seeing love? Are you seeing respect? Are you seeing a laying down of self, or are you seeing arrogance, unappeasableness, heartless, no self-control, slanderous? I'm going to take a moment to pause. This is a long video, so if you made it this far, congratulations. Slanderous. So this is like gossip. God hates gossip. One of the things he hates. It's basically when we say something about somebody else that brings them down and we slander their name or their character or something or gossip. We say something about people usually. And again, brothers and sisters in Christ is specifically uh, who were called to love the most. Love the world. Yes, but love the people in the body of Christ more. Do you know another word for the devil? Slander. Do, do you know the the original intention of the demonic? It was an angel, right? So they were angels who were created to carry messages from the throne of God to humanity. They are messengers. When they left the kingdom of heaven and went to the kingdom of darkness and became went from angel to demon, their purpose and intention didn't change. So they're still created to carry messengers, uh, messages. Now they just carry a message from the demonic realm to human humanity and then we believe their lies to be true thus making us deceived and then we speak those lies about others to others thus aligning with the kingdom of darkness and becoming slanderers rather than servants of the most high god so this is one of those things to where if if you're slandering people on social media not social media work church, wherever, you are literally walking with the kingdom of darkness. There's, in 1 John, uh, he goes on to say, listen, if you if you have hatred in your heart towards a brother or sister in the faith, that you are actually walking in darkness. And how great is that darkness? Because you can't even see it. You're wandering around in darkness because you are slandering or you are hating a brother or sister. If you hate them because of a political party, listen, you're the one walking in darkness. That's just scripture. Uh, it, it, it goes on to say that, listen, the, the devil is the father of lies. And if we continue to say things about believers, the high road is the low road. 
So taking the high road and having character is to literally humble yourself. Let them slander you. The Bible says in Romans chapter 12 that God is your defender and avenger. That he is the one that will take revenge on you. That you are not called to do it with your mouth. Listen, church, I want to read this last passage um, and then talk about something and and, kind of wrap this up. But I I really believe that this is a message for the church. Um, And I really hope, listen, I hope that you share it. Um, I know it's long, but I really believe it's important and imperative for the body of Christ. Uh, I'm going to reread 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 9. Uh, but what I've done is uh, where it has the negative connotation, I'm going to flip it to the positive connotation. Okay, So uh, understand this, that in the last days, people, it will be difficult for many will be lovers of self. Well, the real church is going to love sacrificially. There's going to be lovers of money. The real church will be generous. And I'm not talking about generous like tithers to the church, which please do that, tithe, give. But it's going to be generous people. Listen, it says that the body of Christ is going to have no need because we're going to take care of each other. That uh, we're going to be humble. We're going to esteem others as more important than ourselves. We're going to be respectful and kind. We're going to honor our parents. We're going to be grateful, holy, loving. We're going to be quick to forgive. We're going to uplift others. We're going to be self-controlled. We're going to be gentle. We're going to love good. We're not going to betray the trust of others. We're going to be patient. We're going to be others-focused. And we're going to love God over pleasure. And we're going to walk in power and actually be godly. Listen, that is the opposite of those who are the false church. That's the real church, guys. And and there's this element and there's this word that's been in my spirit a lot. And this is what I want to talk about. So I'm going to pull up these notes. Listen, the word that's been in my spirit, um, we've talked about it today at at my staff meeting, um, but it's this word gentleness. Again, it's not something that we think about a strong Christian being gentle, but here's the truth is, is gentleness is a fruit of the spirit. When we're dealing with other believers, we are called to be gentle. Not saying weak. I'm not saying we don't we don't confront sin if there's like active present sin in somebody's life, especially if they don't see it. We do it in brotherly love. Again, I I, I don't want to downgrade all these things, but the reality is there's this call to gentleness. We we just read it in Ephesians four, right? In First Timothy chapter six, verse eleven, it talks us. It, Paul uh, Paul is again telling Timothy to pursue these things. One of those is he's talking about uh, uh, godliness and purity, but one of those is is gentleness. Pursue gentleness. Second Timothy 2.25, correct your opponents with gentleness. Like, listen, if there's outsiders and you're trying to deal with, with theological things, it says, listen, if you're going to correct them and you're going to have like those, do it in gentleness. Again, we see this in first Peter 3.15, where it says, um, be always be pre, pre, be prepared for a reason to give the hope that is within you. Right. And then it says, but doing it with gentleness and respect guys, we have to walk in gentleness and respect Galatians 6.1 talks about restoring a believer with a spirit of gentleness. My my encouragement to you, church, I have many encourages, encouragements to the church. I believe this is a time that the church can be uh, the body of Christ, beautiful and glowing, and there is going to be a false church. But listen, there's this church that is beautiful. In Ephesians 4, says, Jesus loves the church. He died for it, and, 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 he, and he loves it, and he washes it with the water of the word, and he's going to come back, and it's going to be beautiful and spotless and blameless. Listen, Jesus loves the body of Christ. We are called to love the body of Christ and be the body of Christ, but the body of Christ needs to deal with each other gently. 
right? Listen, if, I, if you're a pastor or leader and there's some correction or rebuke or exhortation or those things that need to happen like in Timothy, all of those things need to happen, but they can happen in gentleness. Uh, if you are a believer, I, I hope you hear me, and you are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, whatever your social platform is, and you are calling people idiots, you are calling them fools, you are saying negative things about them, um, you need to be careful. Romans, or not Romans, Matthew chapter 5, 6, it's in the Beatitudes. He says, if you call a somebody uh, an idiot, or raka is, is the, the word, but an idiot or stupid, you are in danger to the fires of hell. Listen, I want you to ask God to check your heart towards believers, no matter their political party, no matter what they think about COVID, whatever, their socioeconomic. Listen, all of those things will fade away one day. And in the kingdom of God, when Jesus returns, none of that's going to matter. What's going to matter is because he measures our lives based on our faithfulness and how we treated people. Okay? That's the measure. Were you faithful to his word, to his spirit, and to his children? Church, you need to die and lay your life down. Esteem others as more important than yourselves, Philippians. Esteem others as more important than yourself. Be humble, be gentle, be loving. And listen, focus more on being righteous than being right. Guys, we have to esteem others. Um, I pray that one day when I get to heaven, uh, whether it's tomorrow or 100 years, that the measure of my life is, is I loved well. I was faithful to the proclamation of the gospel, but I really loved his body. Um, not even just teaching the body, but loving it and serving it and laying my life down for it. And I haven't done it perfectly, um, but I do believe that's who the church is called to be right now. The world will know who we are by the way that we love each other, not the, by the way that we love the world, not by the way that we do or do not conform to the world, but by the way that we treat each other. So I love you, church, deep and wide, those who are listening. Thank you guys so much. Uh, again, um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, uh, deep, the letter N, wide, podcast uh, on Instagram, personal one, pastor, underscore, PW. Um, please follow, share this again if you if it's encouraging, it's helpful. Um, and I appreciate you guys tuning in. God bless you guys. Uh, talk soon. Hello, and welcome to Deep and Wide. I'm Pat Walter, and thank you for joining me. Deep and Wide is a weekly podcast that dives into the deeper things of the Christian faith, as well as a wide variety of culturally relevant topics. The goal of our podcast is to challenge growth and inspire hope. Please enjoy this week's episode. Thank you for joining me on this week's episode. I hope you liked what you heard. And if you did, please be sure to like, subscribe, and share with all of your friends and family. I would love to hear any comments, any suggestions, or any questions so I can get to them on future episodes. Thank you again for joining me. I'm Pat Walter, and I'll talk to you next week.